back here with Bradley Babb, who we had on the podcast about three and a half months ago. And he's a permaculture expert working with medical cannabis patients here in Santa Fe, New Mexico and around the state. And today we're going to talk about his trip back home after 20 years away, going back to Barbados, some of the things that he noticed, and also what else were we going to cover? We're going to cover permaculture and where it can be applied in an island that it's needed. Awesome. So you went back, you go back after many years away and you left Barbados, studied permaculture here. And then when you got back, what did you notice? I noticed how there's definitely a push for farmers markets and agriculture and permaculture. But I also noticed that there's some areas that's not being addressed. And I don't know if it's because of how the infrastructure is run, how it's set up, or if there's just no infrastructure for it. Or some of the things I notice is that there's a huge plastic waste problem. We're just places in Thailand and Indonesia, we're seeing this happening and the people are getting creative. Local governments and local municipalities are getting proactive on how to deal with plastic because it takes, what is it? I don't know, some crazy amount of time like for plastic to biodegrade. And we have to come up with creative ways to use the resource that we already have on the surface rather than this continuum of pulling more resources out the ground and degrading the earth and deforestation. So I noticed when I was in Barbados that there was plastic everywhere and there is a disconnect to it. So I feel like there could be some ways where we could address it, either where it's being recycled and shipped to other countries that are using it for fuel to turn into other materials and I'm trying to find out of how to bridge that gap, who to talk to, because I see that the plastic is everywhere and tourism is a big part of the industry. I really feel like there should be more conscious tourism, if one want to say, because that is the same element that's degrading the place with all the plastics and how the culture is. 20 years everything's different. At that point, when you left, you didn't see plastic everywhere. Yeah, everything is different. What I noticed, um, a lot more oceanfront has been bought up. I was there with my son. He is 21. What he told me he noticed is that the cell phone signal works only in resort areas, really. Inland, it doesn't work. And I see that there's still waste going in the ocean after 20 years. Something that I'm really intrigued with and intrigued by is biogas energy. Because we have a country that pretty much the way how they manage waste is just put it in the ground or send it out in the ocean. And that is a way for people to get sick. Here we are putting all the waste in the ground where it's not biodegrading, it's warm, so it stays active with pathogens. And then that's the same place where the water is coming from for the aquifer for the pretty much the whole island to drink. I did notice that there was um, a lack of water, like things are dry, but a lot of rain still comes from the sky. So there needs to be infrastructure for water catchments, for instance, and storing water in a landscape by re-greening these areas where... Maybe it was a sugarcane factory, and the thing that's hard about that is because it's owned by these entities who was facilitating this whole pillaging and whatever. We could go down that whole vein, you know? So we have to get those same people to switch their minds and be like, hey, 
we really need to help the island because at the end of it, you still own land here. So there's these areas where I know like, what do you call it? Food force could be introduced. And I think that that could be a one way of how to solve air pollution, because as we see right now, it's one of the things that leads to premature death. So on Barbados, how big is the island? I mean, because people don't really know, I don't think, if they don't look at the map. It's 166 square miles. So that's 40 miles east to west and 60 miles north to south. Okay, so that's still a very small piece of land. And in spite of that and all the wind currents of the ocean, it still is very polluted? Because of the emission standards on the vehicles that are there. Gotcha. So wherever you go, you're going to notice. Yeah. And coming from somewhere where I did live there, maybe I wasn't as conscious of it when I was younger, but I felt Mm -hmm. like I could still, I've still experienced it. So I know what it was like back then. And then coming here and living and having more space, whole different standards of vehicles, even though they still pollute, live here for 20 years and then return there. I had a really hard time going places because... I'm just like, everybody's vehicle is polluted, and that's just the norm. That's definitely the first thing that I notice when I go to another country. Yeah. I mean, not in Europe, but in South America or... Exactly. Asia. Exactly. So there's multi-levels and layers of degradation that's happening in these places that so many people of the world love to go and enjoy. So I think, and I feel passionately that it's the same people who get to go and enjoy those places. They really need to help with these types of issues there because if they don't help with these types of issues, they still won't have the place to enjoy. These elements also perpetuate crime and all these things because it doesn't provide industry for people to have work to go to. Well, maybe we're reaching a point where culturally, like who would want to go and spend time in this insular resort in a very beautiful little piece of land, knowing that they're contributing to that, you know, or that it's just, I think that that's going to become disgusting to people without helping or knowing that they can do something about that. That is very true because more and more. Like we went there and we we got to enjoy a hotel and being on the other side. And I told my family, I said, you don't know what it's like to be able to step on the other side of the wall Mm -hmm. as an adult and not get harassed. But being on the other side of the wall and being like, oh, wow, this is. And one of the things I had to ask was, are the beaches private? Because it felt that way, you know, even though it's not that way. Because they pretty much eliminate the possibility of locals going and hanging out there or what? Because of exactly because the properties just become this whole beachfront property and it's very like secure because these people are from other places they have their valuables and they have all these explanations for it but it's still a degradation of culture if you want to say in a sense you know so i know that there are bright people there within the government within people in all the various communities it's just a matter of finding the right entities to come in and help build these infrastructure things china pakistan and india also they're having now where they're doing reverse recycling where you can go and put your bottles into a machine and ride the rail oh see what i'm saying so then it's not where you're just trying it creates a whole different atmosphere people are more conscious about their environment Wait, are they literally taking the trash and using it for fuel in some way? Or are they using it as an incentive to get people to ride the train? I think it could be both. Oh, okay. I think, I'm not too sure, but they're recycling them and then you get a credit. So so you get a bus pass and then you're allowed to ride for so many hours. Seems like a really smart way to get people interested in recycling in a culture that's not used to it. Exactly. So granted, there are things they're doing, like they're going to get a fleet of electric buses. Uh So there are things that are happening. There's a permaculture farm in the country 
countryside. People are asking about water filtration. So it's there. What I find that because we live in such a visual society, pretty much everyone wants to see it done first. Yeah. And then they'll jump on board. That's what it seems like. I mean, also, if you're talking about a country that has tons of resources, it's really easy to get people to do anything, even if it's a bad idea, yep. you know, just to try it out. In Barbados, maybe it's, it takes more time. They have to see it done, or maybe they are just going to accept, like if, they're, if they accepted all that plastic because it was cheap and easier and it provided some benefits for people, right? Now, 20 years later, we see huge consequences of it. So maybe it's going to take another 20 years and then the whole problem will be solved. Hopefully, yeah. Or be further along on... Yeah, maybe they'll jump onto the bandwagon along a much more advanced place. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like maybe after China does solve all their plastic problem, they'll be able to take on what China's done in a few years. Yes, I see what you're saying because it it takes a little while sometimes for societies to catch on. Because when you come in, these ideas seem so radical and seem so like left field or right field, whichever direction you want to call it. So yeah, it'll take time. I feel really inspired by it because the other side of that is being sad and discouraged. So turning that energy and really thinking and finding out what are the ways to help alleviate this issue. Now, are you, I mean, you see it because you're going back. Do locals see it? I mean, everyone knows that there's crime when there's crime. I think people see it. I think a lot of people see it. I think there's a, a huge group of people. I don't know all of them, but feel the way, some of the ways I feel about it because I hear people saying things, whether it's on the news, whether it's my family, people just walking on the street, people talk. So, and they're not like talking about anyone in particular, but they're just talking about how things are happening on the island. So the consciousness is there. There just needs to be maybe a group of people to, to remind the people of the consciousness they have or a group of people to help set an example so that people can have something to look at and, and go for it. Because balancing out people coming from elsewhere and the whole race thing that just plays into mm-hmm. everything when you're not from this country, we have to be able to neutralize all of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it has to be where the people themselves are like you were saying earlier again an incentive from it rather than feeling like they're gonna clean their island up and then they're not gonna get any incentives from it so right now you're saying that it's very very provincial still yes because i don't think most people there's just a lot of different places to learn about and most people in the united states probably don't know that much about Barbados, right but there's like a colonial history there there is a colonial history because slavery if we want to go back to slavery that's was one of the hubs of where buccaneers and the slave trade happened and there's plantation i grew up with a bunch of different sugarcane fields being run and the sugarcane was just the sweetened tea and all these different things in europe and all of that so to come from that, there's only one sugarcane factory running now. And to see that there's still all this land that's there and it's not being used to enrich the people and enrich the island. Does somebody still farm it? A lot of it is, what would you call it when you don't do anything to it? There's a word for it. I can't remember the word, but it's resting. A lot of it's resting. And remediation has started to happen because it went from where it just produced sugarcane to where it was like just barren fields. Mm-hmm. Now there's grass growing. And those types of lands is what I feel we could reintroduce all all the native plants and the native foods help change some things in the population with obesity, diabetes, all of these things. 
and then go from being a country that imports at such a mass level to start exporting. I mean, you're in this tropical place with verdant land, right? I mean, it's sad to know that people are importing garbage food and eating it out of plastic containers. Exactly, because you know what my son told me he noticed? He noticed all the meat was frozen. Really? But yet there's a you know and there's meat produced on the island and that's just for the hotel industry wow but he, so maybe there's a huge opportunity for someone like you to come in and teach people that they can do that in small ways exactly and i know that there are people who are doing it but those people should have standards that they have to adhere to because then it creates a more um uniform thing in the sense of like the animals have to have certain feeds so it's getting the people to be of the consciousness of that because I heard someone said that they, they are 40 or 50 years behind in the consciousness of the agriculture. And I can't say that that's what it is because like I said, I know there's talented people there and people who are hip to things or, and people who are aware of some, things. You mentioned last time there are some people who just naturally know. Exactly. Like that the, they're going and getting bat guano. Exactly. People who, even before we talked about organic, people were like already doing it because... Mm-hmm. They because they didn't have to go to the store and they couldn't probably go to the store to get something and didn't even have the time to. So they had to figure out ways and how to to do that. So I know the consciousness is there. We have to get some bigger entities to get these people who have these landlocks and also looking at how to deal with the plastic. There's parts of where India, I just saw a video about India. They're recycling it. The roads there need fixing. And that's one way to deal with the plastic. In India, they're recycling it and putting it in the roads and they're saying with the, the rain and all that stuff that there's way less potholes. So it's this thing we have to deal with it somehow because it's not going anywhere. And the fact that it isn't going anywhere means that it's so it's not biodegradable. It's potentially this very valuable material we exactly. use and repurpose. It's really so we cool. just we just have to look at how we're going to use it and then educate the people on how to use it. Because if in developing countries, as they like to say, or these words they like to use, if these people are using it for fuel, putting it into their, their transit system, so people aren't feeling disenfranchised in a way because a lot of the time the people who are recycling the plastic the only people who are recycling the plastic are one would say the poor and disenfranchised so it empowers those people because then they were like oh wow i could put all these bottles in that train and go for a ride over there and see these places that i've never seen before or so that gives incentive to to inspire people to really want to like help clean up their environment so i know that that has to be part of it that's a really cool simple solution if the government wanted to have everybody collecting it take for instance like i was saying selling it to sweden or switzerland whichever one that's doing it and because that's a way to get it off the island mm-hmm. and somebody else who who's dealing with it one would say that's i don't want to say who's more educated but who's more equipped because they have the facilities of dealing with the heavy metal material when it's done you know because that's some of the byproducts of some uh, of recycling these materials whether it's whether it's human waste or just chemical waste or or even um food waste because of the chemicals in our body and the chemicals that we experience live in sometimes the waste ends up with heavy metals and one of the ways i've heard to deal with that which i don't know if that's how the swiss and the swedes are dealing with it is mushrooms you know so there's this whole process of getting things to work we all could enjoy what we have meaning these different places we love to go but we really have to look at 
how am I contributing to this? Like, I wasn't able to bring forward, bring home everything, but I tried to bring back plastic from there that I took there. So that's how I feel about that's it. That's a great philosophy. I was talking to my son where he was like, oh, I need food from this place. I'm like, they just have styrofoam. It drives me crazy. That's a really brilliant uh, system. Like, what if you got all the people going there to realize that the plastic is getting trapped on the island. So even if they're contributing to these, you know, huge divisions by going to some resort that's completely protected and away from the actual people, yep. maybe they could bring their garbage back with them in some way. You know? That'd be a, something that would, they could do that'd make them feel good potentially too. Exactly. And and there needs to be infrastructure because it's the same thing where people would will say well, we don't have nowhere to put these things or, or take them. And I remember being at home and watching people burning trash. Half that trash, first of all, could be composted. Uh-huh. And the other half should be recycled. So burning can, if it, depending on what it is, could help enrich the soil, right? Well, yeah, but they're, they're not burning like the combination of things. Maybe it's one thing that's good, but it's in there with all this other chemicalized plastic or whatever so then it and then the pollution it puts in the atmosphere at the end of the day we're all here together on the earth i feel like i have to work in some way to help contribute to betterment Mm -hmm. because as we see there's so much degradation going on still even in household communities in in man and man relationship men and women relationship women and women relationship how the kids are watching these videos and all this stuff that's going on and i also feel like that's even more why we have to continue this work there's places in africa they're doing it where they're regreening the desert there's places in india where they're doing it those are my examples for my inspiration that we have to in a sense wake people up definitely i think what you're talking about is less like specifically this is what we must do it's more like people need to just start thinking about it more exactly we were talking about someone can say oh i care about the environment and then they go and they buy the you know 90 dollars yoga pants yeah that are made out of bamboo or something yep. and then the prius and all that but what are they actually doing so that that's the bridge that i'm trying to get across how do we get those people because then it's, uh, sometimes these people will feel personally attacked when they don't see that it's a whole system that they're part of because they feel like they're actively doing these things but like you said they're not really physically going in these places and helping get these infrastructure things set up that in a sense they're enjoying the kickbacks off of subscribe to the podcast and leave positive reviews if you like the show it's available on itunes and most other podcasting apps